Blog Talk Radio. thriving or do you feel that you're just existing there's a huge difference in living and existing 
And we'll be discussing that in just a few minutes and providing tools that you can use to improve that life that you're living to bring you to a life where you are actually thriving. This is your host, T. Love, here at Energy Awareness Radio. I am the founder and CEO of the Soji Huggles Children's Foundation, a nonprofit dedicated to providing the basic necessities of life to underprivileged children. I am also a reconnective healing practitioner, certified vibrational sound therapist, and positive psychology and energy psychology practitioner at Quantum Wellness Center, my private practice located in Sussex County, New Jersey, where Energy Awareness Radio streams to you live each and every week. Energy Awareness Radio is happy to be sponsored by Audible.com, a leading provider of spoken digital audio entertainment and information. Audible.com has more than 180,000 audiobooks and spoken word audio products to choose from, so you can listen whenever and wherever you want. Just download the title you prefer, free of charge, and start listening when you sign up for a 30-day trial at audibletrial.com energyawareness. That's audibletrial.com energyawareness. My guest, Teresa Bodner, is Lieutenant Colonel and Certified Master Resilience Trainer with the U.S. Army, a positive psychology practitioner and eating psychology trainer coach. She holds a certificate in applied positive psychology through the Flourishing Center, my alma mater, and an eating psychology coaching certificate through the Institute for the Psychology of Eating. Welcome to the show, Teresa. Thank you so much for taking time to join us here at Energy Awareness Radio. I really appreciate it. How are you being? I am incredibly grateful to be here today with you, T. Thank you so much for inviting me to the show. Wow. This is you know, a tremendous opportunity. Oh, well, I'm glad you feel that way. But first, I would like to thank you so very much for your service to our country. It is due to those who serve that we, all Americans, have the opportunity to live our lives freely and have the opportunity to thrive. And you just take it the extra level because, you know, you start out as a master resilience trainer with the U.S. Army, and then you take it a bit further by going the whole certified positive psychology route. So that's great. Your book, Get Up, which is Understanding Positive Psychology, is a compilation of poetry that's it's inspirational from the perspective of the reader, but was written by you from inspiration as well, inspiration you received while you were earning your positive psychology practitioner certification at the Flourishing Center. So my question to you is, all right, so you're taking your first class and you're done. Did it start that early on, the inspiration? When did, how did this all come about? You know what? It actually did start after the first class. Um, you know, the way the positive psychology program at the Flourishing Center is designed, you know, a combination of on-sites and distance learning at the first on-site, which, by the way, is Saturday and Sunday from 9 a.m. to 6 p.m. After mm-hmm. a, working a full week, you know, to go <laughs> for additional training, you know, I was so connected to that experience from the get-go, um, just learning about the introduction to positive psychology that first weekend, I was like, Oh, I feel so connected to this. And I went home and it wasn't that night. It was maybe a couple of nights later when I was just sitting down, just thinking about some of the concepts that we had talked about. And, you know, I had kind of always been a writer, but in terms of journaling, you know, never kind of wrote anything like poetry, but I just, Hmm started to get this inspiration. And I think the first night that I sat there and wrote, I actually probably wrote down like three poems. I'm like, what the heck is this? This is, (laughs) I've never felt this before. This, 
feeling is amazing. And, you know, from then it just kind of took off throughout the entire experience that I was in CAP. You know, I would, I was definitely in flow. (laughs) I mean, it would come to me at the weirdest times. I mean, some of it was intentional. Like there's this coffee shop off the road that I really love to go to. So on Saturday mornings I would just go and, you know, I was able to kind of get a few of those poems written there. But then, you know, I'd be in bed at night and I would randomly think about something, pull up my phone and start writing it out. Or I'd be on a plane, you know, on my way back home to Ashtabula, Ohio, and I just would start writing and I couldn't, I just couldn't stop. Like my phone is full of poetry that I (laughs) then had to transcribe, you know, to a computer and everything. But it was just, it was a really amazing just how it all happened. Well, and I have to ask you this. I have to ask you this because I took the class as well. I was in the second mm-hmm. cohort in New York, New York City, and there was a project that you had to do at the end of the class. Oh, you didn't get mm-hmm. your certificate. Was this your project? It actually was. Yeah. Um, so, be honest. Like I started writing the poetry, and I was like, "Oh, this is a great final project." Mm-hmm. So my final project was a draft. You know, and I think at the time I was like, "Oh." it's a draft, you know, I didn't know that I would ever really take the step and actually publish, mm-hmm. but, um, weird things kind of happen to me in my life. They just kind of show up. And I was on Facebook about a week after I completed the course and, you know, ads come up and there mm-hmm. was an ad for Balboa press, which is the <laughs> self publishing director within the Hay House. And, you know, I had gone to some Hay House events. I'm very familiar with their authors. And I thought, hmm, get into this. You know, so I contacted them, and, you know, we had a conversation. They said, okay, well, send me some of your stuff. And so I did. And the feedback I got back was like, hey, this is is really good. We don't have a lot within the positive psychology field. And poetry is actually a genre that isn't, a large part of our collection. So right. we really think that you should move forward with this. And I'm like, wow, like that's pretty cool. You know, and <laughs> then it just kind of unfolded after that. So I was, uh, I was meant to write that. Meant to Absolutely. Write you were from, yeah, from the very beginning you were, and you know, that's the way, and when things happen like that, you know, it's synchronicity and yet it's really not, it's just the way it's supposed to be. <laughs> it's just how it all comes about when you, you have things just come up and it works out and you know, you know, you're in flow, you know, it's meant to be that book had to be written. And I like it because first of all, it's a very quick read. So, you know, because yeah. it's poetry and, and I, I enjoy poetry. I, I read a lot of poetry, but it's a quick read, and I couldn't think it was hard for me to understand. Would I understand this if I didn't go through the positive psychology class? And I think I mm-hmm. would have. I think I would because of the way that it's written and divided into each section. Somebody could pick this up and actually have a really good feel for what positive psychology is and understand it completely without, you know, not completely, but without having a whole lot of questions like, well, what does this mean? Is this a real science? Because that's still out there. Is, is that really part of psychology? You know, I get that a lot. And, you know, quite frankly, some of the uh, clients that I have, 
when I'm speaking with them and I will tell them because I do positive psychology and energy psychology and I'll tell them, look, there isn't a cognitive behavioral therapist on the planet who's going to agree with a lot of things that I'm telling you, but I don't care. They work. These are the tools that work and they work a lot better, you know, but I think in picking up this book and reading the poems, you really get a good feel for what it is about. Now, after each class, at some point, you started to write a poem, mm-hmm. you were inspired, you, you got the information and you went with the flow and wrote everything down. And the class goes in order. So I'm going to presume right. that it was just coming out in order. But there must have been times when something came up and maybe you went back and said, this poem is actually a good poem for, you know, the engagement section or the achievement section. Did that happen at all where you had to, like, reshuffle? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Because, you know what, this stuff isn't something that you just learn about and forget. Sure. It kind of stays with you. So oh, yeah. depending on what was going on, like I might be triggered by some type of concept that we had learned and then it would just spill forth in that manner. You know, so I, I felt like I was constantly being inspired just randomly, even though and class is synchronized and organized in a certain way. I, I am. I actually, um, right. not too long ago, I was given the opportunity to go over with the Army Resiliency Directorate, which is actually located here in D.C. as well. And, you know, they had asked me um, for some ideas about their positive psychology program because the Army does have their resiliency program. And, you know, it was kind of funny. I was prepping for, you know, a meeting with them. And prior to that, like, I was definitely in flow in that space, too, coming up with, you know, mottos and different ideas and, and slogans and all this kind of stuff that I got to share with them, which I don't know if they're going to use, but the point being is, you know, given that opportunity to help the army develop their own flavor of it, I immediately got in flow when I was doing that. So I know that I'm really connected to positive psychology. Yes. I think once you start down that road, there's no going back. <laughs> no. You know, there really isn't because you, you understand the effectiveness of it and how it works. You see it in yourself. It's validated in your own life. And then when you pass it along to others, you can see that it's validated in their lives as well. So it's very easy to, to you don't want to get rid of it. It's very easy to make it routine. It becomes almost rote when you're using the tools. You understand what to use and you just automatically use them daily as, as when Absolutely. the need arises. Yeah. And you know what? Uh, um, not many people know this, but I've actually taken the course twice. Okay. So um, the first time I, you know, took the course for myself. Um, it's kind of a joke within my organization and with family members and friends that I am a constant learner. Like I am always looking for something else to, to study and, and look at it closer. And so when I told people that I was, studying positive psychology like oh that that must be your next interest it was it was just kind of funny um (laughs) and it just I'm just so surprised on how much that interest just really took root in me you know and since you are you know a master resilience with the army why did you take this Mm -hmm. class twice okay so the reason why I took it twice, the first time I kind of did it for myself. Mm-hmm. And then the second time is, you know what? I so much enjoyed my experience with the CAP program that, you know, a couple of months before 
the next cohort was starting in D.C., you know, they were looking for um, volunteers. Mm-hmm. And I, I said to myself, you know what, I, would want, I want to volunteer myself more in general. And so I contacted them and said, hey, you know, is, if you can't find anybody to be a videographer, because I know they try to fill that role within the cohort first, Right. You know, I'm willing to come out there on the face-to-face weekends and do it because I felt such a strong connection to the people in that room. I bet they jumped all over that. They would want you. Oh, yeah. It was, it yeah. was wonderful. <laughs> like, I didn't go through mm-hmm. the entire program again. Like, I didn't go through the distance learnings or anything. But, right. you know, I gave up 16 hours of my weekend once a month right. to videotape, yep. you know, and it's because of that connection that I felt with other people. And, you know, with positive psychology, connection is at the root of it. Yes. And, you know, no matter what it is, even books, you can read a book one time and you get a lot out of it, you get what you need at the time. But if you pick it up, pick it up and read it again, there are many, many times that you think, okay, did somebody rewrite this book? Because I don't remember this part at all. This was not in here before. And you're getting things that, you know, you only get what you're ready to get at the time that you get it. And you're not going to understand something else until you're ready. So you can take a course. If you took it again, you'd probably pick up even more information because we do, we learn that way. You know, whatever you can get, you'll get, and you will pick up something else each time. I've noticed that in books all my life. And mm-hmm. I, I know it happens in classes as well. So I'm sure you got more out of it the second time as well, even though, as you said, you were only doing the on-sites and not doing the online part. Absolutely. It's always a good reminder. And to have yes. a structured way of being reminded about that was just really useful for me, definitely. It's structured and they make it fun as well so that, you know, it's, uh, it's something that – and you remember better as adults when there are things that are more interactive and fun. At least I do. I, I think mean, a lot of adults absolutely. do. <laughs> and, you know, it's, it is so fun. And the different alumni within the D.C. program, um, we get together pretty regularly, which is, which is awesome, you know, because mm-hmm. – when it comes to day-to-day life, um, once you know how you can really connect with people and have that experience, there is that desire to have it more. Right. And I don't know that necessarily in everybody's day-to-day life that they experience that type of connection with other people. So I think yeah, I all think of us who took the class kind of realized that and were like, okay, you know what, I want to be able to experience this on a more regular basis. And that's why we get together is to feel that connection. And, and so it, it's an intentional activity. And I think a lot with positive psychology is doing intentional activities that are going to put you on the path to flourishing. It really sure, is everything an is- intentional practice. Yes, and it's all about intentions and manifesting of those intentions. And that's what we are all trying to do so that you can have a better life. Because, you know, if you're not setting intentions and trying to work toward specific goals that you make, you're just existing. You're not thriving. You're just getting up and going to work and coming home. And that's not living. And so I think it's a really uh, a great class for almost anyone to take. I, don't, I can't think of anybody who wouldn't be a candidate for it, but some will definitely get more out of it than, another, than others. And it will also, I mean, you can see people shift in a really huge way, a really huge way when you're advising them and giving them the tools that they need 
you know, in order to thrive in their own life. I've seen it in my clients a number of times. I've also seen it in my patients. I mean, I have a lot of patients who have um, cancer, and that's a tough thing to go through, you know. And when, I, mm-hmm. it, when even in working in hospice, you know, giving them some tools, they will use them, and they feel better. And, that, and even in hospice, they are having end-of-life thriving, which is really hard to, for people to grasp and say, but how can that be? Because life is meant to be lived until you're not. And once they get that and understand it, they can thrive more. So I look at this, I see this book as something that, you know, I could easily give to some people in hospice and other people who are not in hospice and just say, you know, read through this and and tell me what you think and see what you get out of it. I would bet that they would get an awful lot out of it just by reading it, not having taken the course, but just by, by reading this because it's so, you nailed it. You know, you really did. You nailed what it is in an easy, fun way for people to understand. I really believe that. And uh, and I, I think it's something that, yeah, everybody should, you know, pick it up at your local bookstore, go to Amazon, whatever you need to do. <laughs> Did you yeah, happen to I mean, you find- know, and that, that was really my hope with it all, too, is that people that picked it up and read through it, that they could more easily understand positive psychology and just want to know more about it, too. I mean, because I think that there's a definite, definite um, learning deficit and about positive psychology, you know, like people just don't know about it. They're not aware of it. They're not aware of how much it can help them. And so, you know, part of us who are, you know, trained through the CAP, trained through other positive psychology programs, we really are kind of on this mission to spread this good news to other people. Because people don't have to live the rote life, the life of just being neutral. The life that doesn't excite them and the life that's not, you know, being their best self. Right. And getting that that passion. They need that passion within because people will say, well, I can't find my passion. Well, you can with the more things that you do that are positive. So if you put yourself out there and use positive tools and, you know, and, and shift things around so that when something happens, you're not reacting to it, but you're being proactive makes a huge difference. And, you know, some people will say, well, it's just the power of positive thinking. Right. And it's like, no. It's not, (laughs) you know, and nothing is magic. It does take effort, but you have to put the effort in if you want to see results. But these, the effort for this is not difficult, especially when you read some of your poetry, you know, you can see that this is not, this is not really, you know, a difficult thing for, for people to, to grasp when they look at that and it's not overwhelming. Oh my God, I have to take a course and read all these books and it's how long and I have to go into the city once a month and I have to do all this online stuff. Forget it. That's too much for me. Okay. This is a good way to get your feet wet. And then you will want to go into the, you know, the, the classes and, and take more and learn more. And it's better for you and everyone, you know, and your family and your children and you can pass it along. Absolutely. I mean, everybody can benefit from you as a person learning about it and applying the tools. Did and, you, and, you find... know, I, I do want to, I do want to make a Go shout ahead. out to Amelia and Lewis yeah. um, for developing the program. Cause it, it was really amazing. And, and also my instructor, Katie Conlon, she, she was amazing also. So I can't say enough good things about the cat program. I do want to kind of give them a plug. Cause I mean, they've yeah. changed my life. <laughs> Well, in so many lives, and they've really grown in the past four years. They've grown so much. They're doing so well. And I know that they have in New York, that's where I went because I'm in New Jersey. I know that they have meets all the time. It's just never on a time when I can go, you know, and I can't. 
<laughs> you know, like, and that and the fact that, you know, I mean, because I volunteer for a pediatric hospice and I'm like, all right, if I'm in the city, are they doing anything? I could just, you know, buzz over from this. Usually never the same night, and, you know, and you never know when you're going to get called in. So it's, you know, it's not um, right. my life is my own <laughs> all the time. <laughs> Right. And that's fine. That's fine with me. It works out well. Did you happen to find as you were writing some of the poems that some of them didn't come through quite as easily as perhaps others did? You know what? I didn't find that. And the reason why I didn't find that is because I was in a state of flow when I wrote all the poems. If I didn't write a poem about something, it's probably because I wasn't inspired to do it. Do you know what I mean? It wasn't like I, I sat down and went through the perma model and said, okay, here's the concept. Let me write a poem about this. It I was don't think just everything that was. <laughs> what? I, I don't think you missed a darn thing. I, I oh, really don't. Well, thank you. I don't thank think you missed you. anything. I appreciate that. I mean, if, I'm sure Amelia, Amelia has seen this as well, and she probably thinks the same thing. There's really nothing missing here. I was just wondering if maybe there were times when it was like, well, I'm writing, but I'm, mm, I'm not really finished with this one. It's, it's not coming through as quickly as I would like it to, so I need to just, like, let it go and then go back and finish it. No. You know, I didn't yeah, have that experience. Um, yeah, you were but there's, there's definitely poems that I feel more connected to. So I will say that. I was going to ask you that, too. Yeah. Do you, are there any poems that you do feel, uh, you know, a special affinity for? Oh, I know gosh. I have a yes, I do. I I'm so glad that you asked that question. So, um my favorite poem is probably Permission to be Human. Oh my god, I can't believe you just said that page 34, Permission to be Human. That is my favorite poem in the book. <laughs> that <laughs> really? is my favorite poem. Yeah, I wrote that down. It's sitting right here. I had to put the page number so that I would know. It's page 34. I just know it is. Let me get to it and see. Page 34. Yep, yeah. Permission to be Human. Page 34. Yep. 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 And it's a I just so why I, why is it your favorite? I'll tell you why it's my favorite. It's my favorite because it, it it actually wraps everything up. Okay, it's my favorite because that's what I most needed to learn. Okay. I am a recovering perfectionist. Um, yeah. so giving myself the permission to be human, allowing myself to feel all my emotions. And for that to be okay to have those emotions, because I think I used to, you know, categorize emotions in two different ways, either good or bad. And now mm-hmm. I know that they're, they're all healthy and they're all necessary. It's just getting stuck in them. That's the problem. Right. You know, and so giving myself that permission to be imperfect and to be human has just been incredibly freeing. And that's why that's why I feel so connected to it. I liked it because when I read it, I was laughing because I thought, don't we all need to do this? So it's probably something that I had needed to learn as well. When I was going through the program, I was like, oh, my God, you do need permission to do all that. But it's so true of everyone. I don't think there's anyone that will not resonate with this particular poem because it wraps everything up. And I'm going to read it if that's okay with you. May I? Oh, Absolutely. Okay, good. Okay, permission to be human. I give myself the permission to be human. Permission to be an imperfect person. Permission to make mistakes. Permission to be wrong. Permission to fail. But I also give myself the permission to be awesome. Permission to follow my dreams. Permission to persevere and try again. Permission to be successful. And the permission to be proud of that. 
Giving myself these permissions allows me to live a full, balanced life. To be present in the moment allows me to feel the full range of emotions, allows me to experience gratitude. By giving myself the permission to be human, I give myself the permission and the pathway to happiness. I just think it's a beautiful poem. I really, you know, I love that one. And it just says so much. And as I said, I don't think there's anybody who wouldn't resonate with that. I mean, it just makes too much sense because I think a lot of people don't give themselves permission for anything. Right. And, And they should. You should give yourself permission to feel everything it is that you feel. You know, one of those lines, you know, permission um, to be proud of your accomplishments, that, that kind mm-hmm. of line that says that. I mean, a lot of the times people might think that they're appealing boastful if they do that. But, you know, right. if you've accomplished something, it's okay to be proud of that. You know, you deserve that. So, I mean, I, I want people to be able to take ownership and embrace all the different feelings that they have and know that it's okay. Yes. I think that we were brought up, probably not you, but certainly me, because um, there's a different generation, but we were brought up, I was brought up where you don't necessarily say things because it can be boastful. People will think that you're being egotistical. So I always kept everything inside, the things that I did, and waited for somebody to say, hey, good job, T. Didn't necessarily get that all the time. Didn't really get the accolades. Didn't get, you know, any good job, attaboy, or whatever. And And sometimes that can be you know, disheartening when you're a kid, you know, it's like, Oh, what am I doing this for? Why do I keep trying when nobody cares? Nobody seems to care. And it's not that when you do something, you know, you've written this book, you should be damn proud of this book, you know, and you should be able to shout it from the rooftops without people saying, Oh my God, she wrote a book and now we all have to hear about it. Yeah, you do. (laughs) You know, you do have to hear about it. It's important for people to know that they too. and, And I think part of the problem is that when, People hear something sometimes, and it, and it goes to, to, to jealousy and comparison and judgment, that people will compare themselves to others and say, well, I should be able to do that too. Then go out and do it, but you'll do it in a different way, and it will mean something different, and it will go down a different road. Everybody's got their gift. You know, how you present it to the world is your gift back to the world. So Absolutely. I think that, you know, this is one of your gifts to the world, and you have a right to say, yeah, I wrote that. You know, if you go to a book signing, yes, I wrote this and be proud and and sign the books and talk to people. And, you know, you have to know that you're helping more people than those people who are saying, oh, geez, here we go. Those are the people that they need the book more. (laughs) (laughs) It's true, right? (laughs) Uh, Yeah, absolutely. I don't know. I just, I love that poem. I got to that and I was like, this is my favorite and I'm not even done yet. And I knew it. I just knew it when I read it. I just knew it when I read it. And then when I finished the book, I said, yep, page 34. That's my, my favorite poem. I really love it. That's a beautiful one. So I'm, I'm glad that it was yours too. <laughs> Absolutely. That, I mean, I think it's so funny that we picked out the same one, you know? Yeah. Well, it speaks loudly to, to the poem, though, you know, it really does. And it kind of encapsulates everything. So because it it opens the doorway. Once you do this, once you give yourself permission to do these things, you are opening up a door to allow your flow to really, I mean, gung-ho, you know, turn the fire hose on. It's not just going to be a trickle out of a hose. You're going to be a fire hose when you allow yourself permission to do these things. Do you agree with that? Oh, I absolutely agree with that. Yes. Give yourself permission, people. 
Yes, yeah, you it. have to give yourself permission. If for no other reason to, to buy this book, to get that poem, get it, you know, tear it out, photocopy it, put it on a wall, because this is probably the biggest thing that people need to learn first to give them, because so many people don't. It comes up so often. They just don't give themselves permission to do anything. You know, it's just not right. You know, what will people think? Who cares what people think? Live your authentic self. And the only way to do that is to give you permission to do that, you know, give yourself permission to do that. So um, I've always found everything in life only comes down to two choices. There's never more than two choices. And people always laugh at that. And there's never more than two choices. Mm-mm-mm. You can give me some examples and I will show you that there's only ever two choices. And the choices are yes and no, positive and negative. And you might as well always go with the positive because it's really a whole lot of work to go with the negative. It's so hard. It's so much work to do the negative stuff. It's so much easier to do the positive because then you get more. And the more positive you are, the more that you draw that to you. The, it, it's a wonderful, vicious circle. <laughs> I, I absolutely agree with you that being positive has absolutely the greatest benefits to it. But, you know, one of the things that I think that I, that learning about positive psychology, one of the things that really stuck with me um, was learning about the negativity bias also. And, you know, that our, that our brains are wired towards the negative. Because, mm-hmm. you know, I think so many people, well, for me in particular, you know, I'm a gen- I'm generally a, a pretty good-natured person, but sometimes when things would happen, I would go into a downward spiral, and I oh, would. Oh, it's not to say you, know, you can't feel it. negative issues. You know, you have to feel yeah. the negative. Yeah, yeah, it's not to say that there's not going to happen. I'm not saying that. Go ahead. No, but I, I would find myself being a, a negative Nancy, right? And then I, so I would think to myself, I was like why am I doing this? Why do I feel this way? Why do I feel like I always go negative first? And then you realize, you know, because you're actually wired to do that, that that's, you know, the natural way for your brain to protect yourself from harm. So, you know, in order to counter that, then the positive psychology tools help you kind of rewire your brain. And once you start paving those super highways to positivity, then your whole trajectory and perspective can change. But it takes practice. It does. Right. But and my point exactly having it's, it's a no, lot of work to, to be the negative. I mean, if you go down that spiral, once you're aware of it, getting out sometimes can be more difficult. You have to feel all your feelings. You have a right. You're entitled to feel that. You know, it's, it's something that happens. But as soon as you get that awareness factor that, Okay, why am I going down this? Because sometimes people will go down mm-hmm. that road for everything. I mean, everything. Yeah. And, you know, and that's just healthy. <laughs> and it's so you, you gotta get out of that. Well, that's yeah. what I'm saying. It's a lot of work. It's a lot of work. You're yeah. exhausted at the end of the day, you know? So if you can turn it around, because we're human, we're going to have our feelings, but once you understand them once you know that oh, this is why I'm doing this you know uh, I need to think of it differently and cut the other person slack if it's another person because maybe they don't know at all maybe they don't have a clue and this is their journey and your journey is your own and while you're on your journey make it the best you can and don't worry about the other person because they're just right. hold them at bay arm's length you know because they're just being who they need to be but you do have to have your feelings there is a the the negative part that does come up and you have to you have to acknowledge it and go through it or you won't understand it and you'll never get past it right 
Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's probably one of the best ways to put it because if you, you know, nobody's saying you have to be positive all the time or be a Pollyanna. No, that's not what I'm saying at all. You're entitled to your feelings. Just acknowledge them and know what they are so that you can better yourself more quickly by getting through it. Because the only way to get over something is to go through it. You have to go through it, no matter what it is. You Absolutely. just have to. Yep. I, I 100% agree with that. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Yeah. But the quicker you go through it, the better you are. And that's not to say absolutely everything. People have fought me on this one and said, well, you know, you can't tell somebody, you know, you can only grieve for a year or you have to get over someone's death in six months. Like, no, you can't. Everybody grieves in their own way. You know, so you there are things that but if they have tools, it will help them to get through it. It doesn't mean they're not going to be grieving, but they're not going to be grieving as outwardly. They'll get through it. You still feel it. You still miss the person, but you will get through the more difficult days a whole lot faster with the appropriate tools. For your own self, life is meant to be lived. It is meant to be lived, and we all should be living it as to the you know, best of our ability. And once you have the tools, and your book provides those tools, they're in there. People can, they can see that. They can read it when they read the poetry. It's, it's, I mean, you pretty much took the class and succinctly put it into a book. <laughs> it's yeah. competition now for the CAP program. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I use, I use a lot of tools on, on a regular basis. Um, and I would say, you know, some of those would be um, put it in perspective. Again, kind of going with sometimes when, you know, a situation happens, I might tend to think the worst case scenario first, but then once right. you put it in perspective, you know, what's the worst case, what's the best case. And then you hit on the most likely and you go through the emotions of, Oh, the worst case, this is make me feel this way. And that's horrible. And the best case, Oh, I guess it's not that bad. And you get into this elevated state of, Oh, everything's going to be greater. Okay. And, and then the most likely you're like, all right, you know what? I can handle this. You know, so it just brings you to a space of knowing that whatever happens in life, you can you can handle it. So I really and like, there's a balance um, to put it in perspective tool. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and and everything and there's a balance to it because when you go off the deep end one way or the other, you know, even if you go way over to the positive side, that's not balance. You need to bring it back into perspective and say, oh yeah, this is going to be great and wonderful. Maybe it's not, but what's the worst case scenario? It's going to be somewhere in the middle because it's balance. So if you can, you know, if you can look at this is the worst case and this is the best case, it's probably going to fall somewhere in the middle. Well, I can deal with that. That's good because things are never as bad as they seem. And many times they're not as, you know, as good as you think they are. They're actually better. You know, you think they're going to be good and it's like, wow, that was even better. And sometimes they're not as good as you think, but it's okay. It's all in balance. So either way, if you can just look at it and say, how is this going to go? And then really not project too much and just decide to you know, to just see how is this going to pan out? Let's see. I want to be surprised. <laughs> Sometimes right. you get a surprise, a really big surprise. Now, the Army is your career, correct? That is correct. Yes, I have okay. uh, 16 years in the Army. So. Okay. And I, uh, it's been a, an absolutely wonderful experience for me. Oh, well, that's um, good. I've been given a lot of great opportunities. I work with wonderful people. Um you know, when I started, I, I didn't expect to be in this long. It was kind of, you know, the idea initially was four years and out. And then mm -hmm. as serendipity would have it, um, <laughs> I kept on, you know, getting proposition to take some really wonderful 
professional opportunities. And, you know, before I know it, I'm, you know, 16 years and counting. I mean, it's just been, it's been amazing. That's terrific. I mean, that that's a long time to be in as well, you know, and especially in the area that you're in. I mean, you did have opportunities, and it was the, the resilience training that was provided by the Army, and now they're looking to you to ask you, well, okay, how can we help with our positive psychology training since now you went outside of the Army and got that training? There has to be a difference between the two. Is it significant? Um, so the difference between the Army's program and the CAT program, is that what you yeah. want to say? Okay, so the Army's program is more um, – soldier-oriented, it teaches a lot of the tools that we've learned in CAP, like, Mm -hmm. um, you know, put it in perspective and um, problem-solving and, you know, hunt the good stuff, which is like the gratitude exercise, three good things. So there's a lot that they learn, but what they try to do is incorporate it into situations where soldiers have an understanding of that concept in action. And it was kind of really interesting um, how the Army got into it. I mean, back in, I think, 2011, we were coming back and people were experiencing a lot of um, PTSD. And Mm -hmm. so um, Army leadership at the time uh, actually talked with Dr. Seligman at UPenn and was like, okay, is there something that we can do so that we can address these, these soldiers coming home that have the PTSD, or is there something preventative that we can do? And so that's kind of how the Army's resiliency program was born, is that they wanted to get people, give people the tools in advance to help deal with adversity and get them to practice it on a regular basis. So when they came to those situations where they may have gone a different direction that they would be able to handle it with a lot more grace, a lot more resilience, and even potentially to a place of post-traumatic growth. So actually being able to look at the negative experience and become better because of it. Mm. So it was a very intentional of the army to do that. And were you involved at that point? I was not involved at that point. I've been involved for the past couple of years. Um, okay. And right now, I mean, I, I do training within my, with my unit on the Army. I have um, actually uh, done training on a larger scale when I worked at the Pentagon with the folks there, worked through the chaplain's mm-hmm. office to develop some of their resilience program training um, there. So I, I give the... Uh, the training when I can, although it isn't, it isn't actually my primary job. Okay. So it's something that I'm passionate about. It's something that I volunteer to do on a regular basis, but that isn't my primary job. It's just something that I do that I love and that I will jump at any opportunity to share with other <sighs> people. Yes. And that's good. You're making a huge difference with everything that you're doing. So that's, you know, that's when you know you're passionate about something and it's uh it's it's bringing joy to you and to others and that's one of the other things we're here for as well there was one poem that i thought was the Uh most fun and you probably know what it is do you what do you have a poem that was the most fun 
I don't. I don't know what you're talking about. They were all fun to me. (laughs) They're all fun to you. The one that I thought was the most fun, and I just I laughed because I laughed when I read it because it was right after Permission to Be Human, and it's called a pencil. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So my friend, um, (laughs) my friend coworker, who by the way is listening right now and, and wanted me to mention him. Okay. My coworker Larry Wallace. That's his favorite. Larry too. Wallace. Shout out to Larry Wallace. Hey Larry, <laughs> thanks for all you do for us too as Americans. Thank you for your service. We appreciate it. Okay, so we shout it out to Larry. So what did Larry okay, say? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> he just he just thought he thought it was funny, you know, because reading it not knowing the context, it can just be funny. <laughs> I can thought it was hysterical. It I thought oh, it was yeah. hysterical, and I had to actually get up and get a pencil. <laughs> I wanted, right. I wanted yeah, you actually it. have to try it out to, you to have get to it. Try it out. You do. You have to try it out. And I was just like, okay, now I have to get up. All right. I was exhausted. It was the end of the day. And I was like, now I have to get up and get a damn pencil. I knew the pen wouldn't do it. I was like, the pen's not going to work. I need a pencil because it says pencil. And I have to get a pencil. Uh-huh. So I went and I got a pencil, which is difficult because most of the pencils in our house, my husband's um, an accountant and an IT guy. So they're mechanical. <laughs> I'm like, where is a regular number two pencil? <laughs> Took a while to find one, but I got one. And I had to do it. And I was laughing. So it was entertaining. <laughs> <laughs> and just so everybody knows, once you read the poem, um, it doesn't have to be a pencil. It could be a pen. It could be a marker. It could be any other writing utensil. But in CAP, we used a pencil. And so, you know, that's what it kind of inspired me to use that particular writing utensil. Well, for and that. you can use a pen, okay? But I am going to say this mm-hmm. you can use a pen because I started to and I thought this isn't working as well because the texture of a pen is totally different than the texture of a pencil and the firmness ah. in the grip that yeah. you get and the ability I don't want to give too much away go buy the book if you want if you want to know what this pencil poem is I'm not reading it on air you have to go buy the book <laughs> <laughs> but the texture of it and the way that you grip it can make all the difference in the world and you can actually make designs on it with a pencil but you can't on a pen so you know i mean believe me i spent a lot of time with this poem <laughs> like i am like it sounds like you have yeah, like somebody's gonna cart me away because this is just too much time <laughs> like what are you doing i loved it i really did i was like i just read my favorite and now i read the most i should have said entertaining instead of fun i found it was the most entertaining i thought it was funny so i'm right there with you larry wallace Thank you so much for being on my side. <laughs> and I hope he's laughing now. I'm sure he is. I am sure he is. Oh, I'm going to touch oh, on one more thing. Makes, it makes yeah. me laugh to think about it. Yeah, I mean, it's a cool poem. I like it. The whole book is great. Um, one more thing I want to touch on, we're getting toward the top of the hour before we go, is that before you got into positive psychology, you were and still are, I believe, an eating psychology trainer coach. Is that correct? So that actually happened after I oh, took the CAP program. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So that's a again, yeah, I told I told you about this idea that I'm this prolific learner, right? Yeah. So there you go. one of my friends from the CAP program took this eating psychology program, and her and I were talking about different things. She said, well, her name's Susan. And Susan said, Teresa, I think you would really like this. And so, you know, I looked into it. I went to the Institute of Psychology of Eating's website, 
listened to some of their videos and, and read some of the articles, and I just also felt really connected to that. You know, I took their program, and over the next few years, because I feel like I am, I am just like this repository of information right now, um, mm-hmm. where, you know, my full-time job is the Army, but I still am very, very connected to positive psychology, to eating psychology, it's something that is something I'm passionate about and that I want to do more of, you know, when I have a little bit more time <laughs> outside of my, my current job that I'm in now. Um, so I'm always looking for ways to share that information that I've learned there as well. Well, that's interesting. I just presumed, I don't know why I presumed it, but I just presumed it was before. So I wasn't, and I wasn't familiar with it, you know, and after I had taken Mm -hmm. the positive psychology program, finally the American Psychiatric Association decided that, you know, talk therapy isn't enough and they came up with energy psychology and I was, that. I mean, that's all about me because I'm an energy therapist. So doing the energy therapy and the certified vibrational sound therapy, which is also just another form of energy therapy, works wonders with people. And I always knew that. And I had been already working with, uh, you know, colleagues in the area, psychologists and social workers and therapists and psychiatrists who would send people to me and say, I don't really understand what you do, but can you do it to my patient? And I'd laugh, you know, Mm -hmm. and I'd be like, yeah, okay, send them on over. (laughs) And then when they said, we're doing a certificate in energy psychology, I thought, see, that's right up my alley because of the work that I've been doing for the past, you know, 20 odd years and in getting um, people in and helping them with PTSD and all kinds of other things as well through just the energy therapy but then the energy psychology came into play and it tied in so well for me with the positive psychology so you know a session with me is positive psychology energy therapy energy psychology it's, it just worked out great so I can see how this would layer as well for you yeah and there's so much of positive psychology that is actually infused in eating psychology I mean um, their their founder, Mark David, he actually worked at Kripala, which is, okay. you know, yep. yeah, so positive psychology kind of organization there. So a lot of his ideas have a basis within positive psychology. So, no, it's not necessarily something that I've done for many, many years. I feel like I'm, I have been blessed with the opportunity to come into these areas of flow that have really sparked me to start looking into doing more of them. You know what I mean? So I guess I yeah. would, I, I've enjoyed my, my time with Army. I really have. I've had a tremendous experience, and I've learned a lot, and I've been very happy. But I haven't felt as connected to the work that I do as I do when I do my positive psychology and eating psychology-related work. So And – yeah, and you you know we all get to our get to our passion in different ways, and so yours is coming right. along now. Have you now because you are an avid learner, and I am as well. I'm constantly you know I research things to death. I'm very analytical, and I need to find out if it's really real or not. Um, because mm-hmm. when people first told me about energy therapy, I was like, seriously, you just make a wish and it happens. And they're like, no, T, you got to go figure it out. And I'm like, all right. So I took quantum <laughs> physics courses, mechan- you know, string theory and quantum mechanics, and I realized. Oh, yeah, okay, this is for real. So, um, you know, and in, in being a lifelong learner like you, you do want more. So what, do you, what is next for you? Have you found the next course that you want to take that, that ties in with this? You know what? I have not found the next course. Um, 
I think what I want to do and what I'm already starting to working on is finding a way to integrate everything that I've learned throughout all the different courses that I've taken so far, because I believe that they're all related. And the business that I, that I really dream about is like more motivational speaking and doing trainings and really connecting with people on a vulnerable level by talking about the concepts through the lens of, of my life, you know, and how they've, it's affected me and how it could help other people. So I want to use the creative energy that I'm feeling around all of this to create something of my own. So that's going to be I my next you like, real kind of homework project for myself. Um, so no, not necessarily any, any course that's at this moment um, that I'm interested in pursuing, but believe me, if one pops up, I'll be on it. <laughs> Yes, I'm sure, and and doing wonderful things with it. We're so close to the top of the hour, but before we go, Teresa, would you please, please tell our listeners how they can learn more about you and where they can purchase your book, Get Up, Understanding Positive Psychology. Absolutely. So I do have a website, and that's www.teresabodner.com, and that's really a book-related website. So it has information on the book. It has a link to Balboa Press, which is the self-publishing directorate that I published through, and just some more information about me. But then I also have a Facebook page that I post on daily, and that is at http colon double backslash um, www.facebook.com backslash Teresa Bodner Poetry. And, you know, you know, T, it's something that I make a point to post every day on that I get excited, like making memes and, you know, posing interesting questions and responding to my followers and me creating um, my masterpiece. Yeah, and you creating your next step. It's your first step and you creating your next step. That's what it is. Yep. That's great. <laughs> well, I just thank you so much for being here. It's been a wonderful conversation. I wish you the best of luck with everything that's going on. I love your book. Remember, people, it's Get Up, Understanding Positive Psychology. You can find it on Amazon, correct? Yeah, it's actually available online at Amazon, Barnes & Noble, and the Hay House Catalog. Okay, and And you can go direct to your website or go to your local bookseller, however you need to get it. It's Teresa Bodner, T-H-E-R-E-S-A, Bodner, B-O-D-N-A-R, and you can look it up that way. And, and, you know, go and check it out. It's really, um, it's a great book. One of the, you know, it's not your typical self-help book. This is a fun book, and you'll laugh, and you'll (laughs) get things, and you'll shake your head, and I think that you'll enjoy the book immensely. So thank you so much for being here. I really appreciate your time very, very much. Thank you so much, T, and thank you, everybody, for listening. (laughs) And then you just stay on the line. I'm going to do the outro, and I'll talk to you in just a few minutes, okay? Okay, great. So, listeners, we need you to spread the word. We know you enjoy what you hear on Energy Awareness Radio, so please share it with your friends. We live in a very challenging and constantly changing world, and that's why I have the guests that I do, to keep you apprised so you won't get lost in the dross of life. We need to stay aware so we can navigate easily and live the life we are meant to live productively, healthfully, purposefully, and in a way that we thrive. This is where you find the tools to do just that. So send the link for this show to everyone you know 
and let them have the same opportunity that you just had so they may learn and grow and make the world a better place for all. On behalf of everyone here at Energy Awareness Radio, I'd like to thank all of our listeners for tuning in. My name is T. Love, and I hope you'll be back next week for another great show here at Energy Awareness Radio. For more information about me, please visit my website, quantumwellness.org. You'll find an archive list of past shows, a lineup for upcoming shows, as well as information about other upcoming events I'll be hosting, including my sound healing concerts and labyrinth walks. Big, big, big announcement right now. My children's book, Santa's Tiniest Elves, just launched on July 18th. A portion of the proceeds from the sale of the book is going directly to children in need. It's available at Amazon and, of course, through your local bookseller. Be sure to check out our site, SojiHuggles.org, where every penny of every donation goes directly to children in need. We're run solely by volunteers. There are no salaries or stipends, no compensation of any kind to any. We are Soji Huggles Children's Foundation, investing in a brighter tomorrow by giving them a better today. So thank you for taking the time to visit our website, SojiHuggles.org. Don't forget to follow me on Twitter at NRG Aware Radio and at Soji Huggles. I am your host, T. Love, here at Energy Awareness Radio, intending you and yours a most wonderful week. Remember, living from your heart is quite easy. You need only give thanks to do so. Take care and stay well. that off ah, yeah okay um had to put us in a different queue because we were going to get cut off the um 
I had a friend who said to me, have you ever heard about Reiki? And I said, no, I don't know what you're talking about. And she told me about it, and I, I put one hand over the other, and I bowed my head, and I said, you mean like I dream a genie? And she said, no. And I said, oh, come on. And so she told me to, you know, take some classes. So I said, all right. So I lived in Massachusetts at the time. So I started studying quantum physics and quantum mechanics and string theory, and it made sense. And that's when I knew this is really real. So I was in real estate at the time, and I was doing real estate in Massachusetts. And then in 2002, my husband dragged me down to New Jersey kicking and screaming. And (laughs) I didn't want to be here. (laughs) But I came. And, you know, whether thou goest, I shall go. (laughs) And... um, I decided, all right, now I need to actually start this. And I had been diagnosed with ovarian cancer. And I was like, oh, crap. You know, so when he told me that, I thought, okay, that was not in the plan for today. That sucks. What am I going to do? So I said to the doctor, okay, you, you're the oncologist, right? And he said, yeah. I said, you're going to get rid of it? And he said, yeah. I said, okay, because I have too much on my plate. I really don't have time for this, okay? So I said, all right. And I got up and left. He thought I went to the ladies' room. I never came back. And he called me that night, and I said, no, I scheduled the surgery with your nurse, and I'm going to come in the Monday before Thanksgiving. You're going to get rid of it, and I'll be good. And he goes, well, no, we have things we need to talk about. And I said, I don't. I'm done. It's done. And I had the surgery, never had to have chemo or radiation because I worked on me, and I knew when I was working on me that this is legitimately real and all this stuff is real. And I've always felt that you can do things with your mind, that your mind can, if you just correct, you can self-correct yourself, and you can make things happen. And I've had, I'm going to call them little mini miracles, and and I don't say that to to gloat or anything, but I've had people come in with a cancer and go to have surgery, and the doctors are like, there's no cancer here. Why why are we opening this person up? And, you know, I'm like, okay, that's good, you know. And they call me up and tell me I did it, and it's like, I didn't do it. I'm not a healer. I'm a facilitator. But you heal your own body. Everybody heals their own body. I just facilitate the energy. So for me, it was just a passion. And then from there, I mean, a year ago, I, I don't know what happened a year ago. I, I found myself in an attorney's office saying, hey, will you help me establish a children's foundation? And the next thing you know, I've got a passion going for that. And then my book that I wrote, I wrote in 47 minutes. So I knew I didn't write this. I think I'm a dictator. I mean, a, you know, a ghostwriter <laughs> for the universe. I just took dictation. And now that yeah. just launched. So everything's just like, you're, when you're in flow, things happen that are meant to happen, and you have no idea what it's going to be because we really don't know. And when things come up right. and you go with it and it just flows, just flows. So, yeah, yeah, that's how that came about. And when I saw your book, I think it was from Amelia. Something was said on, on one of the things that she sent out. And it was you and yeah. somebody else. And I said, I'll have them both on. And then she forwarded the information and you responded. And I was like, this is cool. So I wanted to get it out because I too believe that this stuff needs to get out there in a way that people can understand easily, especially if they can't afford the course. Let's face it, the class is expensive. It's not cheap. So, you know, um, and well, it's not. And you have to go there, you know, to the on-sites once a month and then do the online stuff. And every once in a while, those on-sites were difficult for me because I was supposed to be on call for pediatric hospice. I volunteer for that. And if I needed to be in New York, I'd have to trade with somebody. And that's hard. And, you know, I don't want to not be with my patient, you know. So I'm like, right. I need to be with my patient, you know. And more importantly, I need to be with the family. And um, so there were a couple of classes I couldn't, I couldn't make, but she was very gracious and, and, and allowed that. Um, and she didn't even know why. I never really said, except I couldn't make it. She never pried or anything. So, um, you know, it, it, just all, it just all worked out because it was supposed to go that way. That's really all I can yeah. say. And just like with you, things are going in a way that it's all going to work out. So when you said the next step, I'm like, yeah, I, I know I see you doing the next step. I don't know what it is, but I know it's going to be big and good because you're, you're a lot like me. You're passionate, and it just when it comes, the flow is there, and boom, you're just hit with it, and you go with it. 
So yeah, and I just gotta trust that it's gonna come. You know, I'm gonna keep doing yeah. what I'm doing right now, and yep. I don't know where it's gonna take me, but I know whatever it's gonna take me, it's gonna be great, and I'm excited it's about be good. that. Yeah, and you yeah. should. And the more excited you are, and the reason I play two gratitude songs, one before the show starts and then the thankful one, um, thank you, mm-hmm. when the show is on, is because I firmly believe, and when I teach classes, the first thing I tell mostly its students is, do you guys know what the secret of life is? And, of course, these are like 18, 17, 16-year-olds, and all the guys are like, sex? And I'm like, no, that's because you're a guy and you're an idiot. <laughs> <I know>. <laughs> <laughs> that's not the secret to life, but good for you. <laughs> and then you tell them, it's gratitude. Because the more yeah. grateful you are, the more things you can find gratitude for, and you can find gratitude in every situation. I've been through a lot, and I will tell you that you can find gratitude in everything. And if you can find it, you will find that you are you will receive tenfold what you put out, and that's just a beautiful so, thing. I'm so sorry we didn't get to talk about that because, <laughs> gosh, I have so many examples of gratitude. And yeah. gra- TV and Gratitude Journal has been amazing. And I'm actually um, – co-authoring a second book with someone on yep. and I was just like you know and uh god it's been it has just been so amazing what happens yeah when you're great miracles happen yeah miracles happen yeah. And, and it's funny because I'm writing a book that's not a children's book that's about gratitude and I'm deciding am I going to call this you know the secret to life is gratitude or do I just put that in the book or what because that's firmly what I believe and I'm like I need to figure out how to do this so that it can you know what's the name of the book going to be and I thought you know what? it'll come to me because the last book did yeah and the last book as I was typing I you know I had her- curlers in my hair I had to throw on makeup and a gown to go to this event and I only had 30 minutes I was just taking notes about the you know the foundation because it was just starting and the next thing you know I see the words the end I'm like okay what just happened here why am I typing the end what did I just do and I didn't know so I left I came home huh. go to bed wake up go to yoga come home and realize oh yeah I gotta read that thing and I read it and I'm thinking cut out this is a children's book so I deal with publicists every single week so I sent it to a few yeah. and they're like you got to publish this. you got to get this. And I'm like, okay, fine. So I go and I get it published. And the next thing you know, I'm like, all right, that's weird. I think I'm just a ghostwriter for the universe. And I said, put that on the front instead of it's by me. And they said, we can't do that. Nobody will buy the book. <laughs> I'm like, all right. <laughs> that is amazing. You know, I love yeah, that story. Isn't it weird? But that's when you know, when things happen that you don't expect and you think, how did this happen? I have no idea how this happened. You know, I know it wasn't me. And people are always saying, you always say it's not you. And <laughs> that's when you know you, you're following your guidance and you're doing your intuition and you're going the way that you're supposed to go because I have to ad- admit that there's a plan that I don't know about because the plan I put into place all the time gets corrected constantly. <laughs> it's like, all right, that wasn't part yeah. of the plan, you know? And sometimes yeah. it's corrected and I'm like, okay, I'm not amused. Do you think this is funny? Because I don't. You know? <laughs> so, but the universe thinks things are amusing that I do not find amusing. So, you know, but um, yeah, I just... You know, that's how it came about for me. And I just, I loved talking to you because it was such a great conversation. And it went so fast. It was a great conversation. It did. It went really fast. It went yeah. by really yeah. fast. But I had to tell you that, look, this did, you were not nervous. You didn't come across as nervous at all. You were great. So if, if you get out there with anybody else, just take it and do the show. Mm-hmm. Just take it and do the show. You know, and hopefully that will okay. happen. And hopefully we'll sell a lot of books from this. Um, because right now, this is 
Global. It's a global internet radio show, as you know. And um, mm-hmm. we are number two in Conscious Living Radio globally. So that's kind of big. So, you know, we have a huge following. I wasn't going to tell you beforehand because some people get petrified and say, well, how many people? I'm like, I don't know. Sometimes it's a million a week. Sometimes it's not that many. And they're like, what are you kidding me? And I'm like, well, we're not listening to you right now. Don't worry about it. But it freaks people out. So I don't tell people. Wow. Um, <laughs> I was like, I'm not going to tell you. But sometimes, you know, it depends on the show and it depends on what they listen to afterwards. So for we, this is in the archives forever now. So it's going to be there and it's available as soon as we hang up. It will become available and people will be able to access it from whatever little gadget they have. I don't have all those fancy gadgets, so I don't even know what half of them are. But um, they'll be able to access it from that and listen to the podcast. And I'll send you tomorrow a link so that you can, all right, do I send the link or do I just tell you? I think, I don't know how, what the link is, but you, if you have anybody in IT, or probably you know how, you can go and actually get just this show and put it on your website if you choose to do so. That's completely up to you. Okay. Um, and then I'm also, I'll go to Amazon and I'll write a review there and if it's on Goodreads there um, so that you'll have, you know, another review, you know, however many oh, you have, you'll have yeah, another one. Yeah, that's been something that I've had a lot of problems with is getting people to review it. Yeah, um, that's the most but- part. But so I, I, would I, appreciate do it I, I know that it is on Goodreads and it is on Amazon. Yeah, so. I type the same one and I just cut and paste it into both of them. Um, and I do that for my authors because I figure you sent me a book. I took the time to read it. We had a great show. Of course, I'm going to write a review for you. It's only fair. So I do that. And that will probably, it may not happen tonight, um, but it probably will happen by tomorrow Five o'clock, you'll have another review on Amazon and Goodreads. So that will happen. And you'll get the letter in the morning Thank that states you. this. Uh, yeah, this is what you can do to get the link. Or this is, you can get the link because I don't know how to do it. I mean, I'm not, you know, I don't even know how to text. Gun to head that have to shoot me. I don't know how to text. I don't have a magic phone. I don't have a magic phone. I don't want to learn. I'm like, I'm with patients all day. I do not have time to take text. You know, voicemail me or email me. You got a choice. You know, that's yeah. it. But don't text because yeah. I don't know how. Yeah. My phone doesn't even do it. It does nothing. It's a flip phone from 2006. So I get laughed at a lot, but I don't care. It works for me. So, <laughs> But that's what will happen after, after this. So you'll have another review and you'll have that link if you want it. So okay, amazing. That's what happened. So I just really appreciate your time. It was a great show. I thought it was great. I'm, I'm glad we were able to give a shout out to Larry Wallace. I remembered him. <laughs> <laughs> that's so funny. He, I, when I left work today, he's like, you better do a shout out to me. I'm like, and that's why when you brought up pencil, I was like, "All right, oh my God. now I have to." Because he, oh, I mean, today to, yeah. we were talking about. It, he's like, "That's my favorite poem," and I'm like, "Oh goodness!" <laughs> I couldn't believe you said your favorite was the same one. It was like, "Oh my God!" And then the I next know. page was the pencil one, and I was laughing hysterically. And I li- because you can bite a pencil and you can feel it. It's yeah. more tactile than a pen. You really get more tactile yeah. stuff out of it than a pen. And I didn't want to say that because then everybody would know you're biting it. And I was like, well, I'm giving enough information, but go buy the book and do the pencil thing. Because it was really, I mean, I couldn't <laughs> believe it. I got up and literally had to find a pen. Thought, I can't believe it. And I thought, I'm not going to tell her. She'll think I'm crazy. And then here I am on air telling everyone, <laughs> oh, yeah, you know, but I don't care what people think of me. It's like, I don't care, you know, whatever. So, um, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, but that's um, Well, this that's was the such show. a pleasure, T. I'm so glad you enjoyed it. I really am. I'm so glad you came on air. I appreciate it. And let me know what you're doing, because if you write another book with somebody about gratitude, I would be willing to have both of you back. Oh, amazing. You know, yeah, keep absolutely. That, I will, that I will keep you once informed about that. Guest who doesn't, yeah, because once I get a guest who doesn't, because sometimes I get guests who I'll ask a question, they'll say no. And I'll be like, no, what? And I'll be like, okay, well, let me elaborate. And I'm like, oh, my God, it's a good thing I read your book. <laughs> you know? So when I get somebody who actually talks, it's like, oh, good. I don't have to do too much. I just have oh, to respond. Right. And, you know. <laughs> okay, so so funny that you just said that because I was talking to my mom last night. <laughs> She's like, 
when she asks you a question, don't give her like a two word answer. You know, you yeah. gotta elaborate. It was like, <laughs> like okay, okay. <laughs> and you did that well, so now your mother is proud of you. Tell her thank you so much. You know, um, but I think you would have done that without her Yeah, but I think you would have done that without. I would, you know? I would, but she's yeah, 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 yeah. And I can be obviously I'm a talker, so you know, but I try to like back off and only interject and you know where I need to. And then if there's something that I want to add to it, I will. But um, yeah, but generally so, people enjoy it, and that's good. And I love the fact that you do a really good job of paying attention to what I want to get out because I think I started talking about something. I actually forgot what I was, what the point of yeah. what I was saying yeah. was. Yeah. And, and I brought you back. And you took me back and I'm like, that was what I wanted to say. Yes. Um, yes. Yeah. Yep. I so did bring you back that one time. That happens occasionally. Yeah. And, you know, and people, it's funny that you should say that because people will say that to me and I'll think, yeah, that doesn't happen on other shows. I listen to enough podcasts to have sometimes a person, like if I'm thinking, well, I'm going to ask these questions and they're in my head or I jot down a word, you know, I've got like a list of 10 words and I ask the person a first question and they answer three or four of the questions based on the words that I knew I was going to ask. I cross them out. I did that with you. I crossed out like three or four different things. And I thought, okay, so I'm not going to ask about that because you just responded to it. But other people are not listening and they will just ask the question. It's like, why are you doing that? It's redundant. He or she just spoke about that. They just spoke to that. Move yeah. on and get more information, you know. Um, or I love it when people say, no, I didn't read your book. And I think, oh, dear God in heaven, why didn't you read the book? They sent it to you for free. For God's sake, read the book. Do them a <laughs> favor, read the book. You know, I'm like, oh, my God, I hate this. So I am critical sometimes. But I, I get authors who have been on other shows prior to mine, and they tell me, you know, and they tell me, oh, thank you for paying attention. Oh, thank you for bringing me back. It's like, yeah, okay, it's my job. And they're like, well, okay, it might be your job. But, you know, <laughs> like, oh, my God. Okay, <laughs> well, whatever. Yeah. So I'm glad the first experience was good and you can go on and do other shows. But seriously, when you do that other book, you know, keep me in mind, um, keep my email address handy because the requirement is I have to have the book and people want to send me an ebook. I don't have um, the e-readers to read right. on and I try to limit my time on screen because I, it's not good for my eyes. So I really try to limit myself and I prefer the tactile book that I can take somewhere. And I've been on an airplane and people have said, what book are you reading? You're so engrossed in it. And I show it to them only to get off and see them walk in a bookstore and buy the book. So I know I've sold books just sitting on an airplane, you know, so I'm like, there you go. You know, it's on a Kindle. Nobody sees it. So, you know, right. um, somebody actually gave me a Kindle and I gave it to someone and said, I don't know what to do with this thing. It's a, it has to go away because it doesn't have a good one there. And they're like, okay, you know. So, uh, yeah, but keep me, definitely keep me in mind if you, you know, if you feel comfortable and would like to come back. That, that's up to you. I just put it out there. Okay? Okay. <laughs> I appreciate that. And, yes, I will definitely be back. So I'll let you know when, mm-hmm. when that comes out. Yeah, So thank do. you again so much. Oh. You're quite welcome. Yeah. You have a great evening. You know, enjoy your evening and thank just you. know you did a really good job. <laughs> oh, thank you so much. Oh, You're welcome. I'm gonna, I think I'm going to go have a glass of wine now. <laughs> yeah, go have a glass of wine that and say hi to Larry for me. I feel like I know him now. Say hi to Larry. I like Larry. I don't even I know will. the guy. I'm like, I like this dude because he liked that pencil poem too. You know, <laughs> maybe someday I'll meet him. That would be cool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah enjoy your wine. <laughs> okay. Enjoy thank you so much. Now. You're quite welcome. (laughs) Bye-bye. Okay. Bye.